0: hello and welcome to the athletic business podcast i'm jason scott and i'm andy Berg. and today on the show we're talking to adam bastian he is an architect with kaylor slater and uh, we've got an interesting conversation ahead with adam isn't that right andy
1: yeah um So Adam is the lead designer on Kahler Slater's higher education and sports and recreation teams. Um, And he, uh, it was a really interesting discussion to have as a lot of these facilities um, on campus, whether it be athletics or um, recreation facilities, uh, begin to think about reopening, um, Mm -hmm. which I know is where a lot of our readers and listeners um, heads are at right now, trying to get a hold on what, what that means and what it entails. Um, so it was it was really great to get sort of some perspective from someone who designs these facilities, around what they see as necessary.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, some of the, some of the things you guys talked about. I mean, we're talking about obviously the excitement surrounding uh, the the possibility of reopening, but obviously we have to make sure that we do so safely. Um, right. You know, like making sure that uh, these facilities communicate. Um, you know, what's going to be required ahead of time and enact new protocols and um, just different ways to do that, um, different ways that we can incorporate technology, different design uh, things that we can keep in mind. So uh, really, really solid conversation coming up. Yep,
1: I, I, exactly. And I think it gives a really good picture of um, sort of what is what to expect Um, as we go back to our normal routines and you know there might be some some big changes and some even subtle more subtle ones as we you know re-enter these facilities so um, here's that conversation with Adam. Adam thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well thank you very much Andy appreciate the opportunity.
1: You know what we wanted to talk about today is sort of how you're looking at the current landscape in terms of you know the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and then also how um, institutions are reopening right now. Um, I know Kayla Slater has done some work with the University of Wisconsin system. Um, mm-hmm. What are you hearing from campus directors on how they're handling the challenge of reopening facilities?
2: Well so I think one of the things we're hearing from everyone so far is uh, really sort of the the excitement Uh, for the possibility to open uh, that Mm -hmm. they've been hearing from their students, from their faculty, from their staff of just everything that's been missing ever since campuses had to shut down. uh, And recreation centers in general have had to shut down too. So the sense of community, uh, the sense of just socialization uh, is is really something that's missing. Now they've been able to continue programming and do a lot of things virtually, which I think has been great to sort of fill the void in the short term, but they're very excited about getting people back into the building uh, once everything is uh, is up and going again and now of course that's happening you know at different times in different places uh, and even within university systems sometimes it's happening, happening differently depending on the specific university or the specific building uh, and if it's ready to. So uh, it's a very fluid and flexible thing, there's there's no true plan out there yet but I think overall there's a level of excitement for uh, when it happens and I think there's a lot of preparation that's happening uh, which, uh, which will change things quite a bit from what we used to see.
1: Sure. Um, are so you deal a lot with campus rec and athletics are there ways that those programs specifically are kind of suited to help lead the effort to reopen on campus
2: I you know I, I think there I think there are ways um, you know there's there's actually a lot of talk um, you know sort of outside of the recreation uh component of it of actually using some of these facilities for non-recreation events. So, you know, these, these buildings are filled with large spaces. Uh, and, and having an opportunity to have larger groups of people that are all spaced apart from each other is, is a good possibility. So I think that's an interesting dynamic that we might start to see as as uh, campuses open up again on, on how these buildings even transform usage slightly uh, mm-hmm. in the short term at least uh, while everybody figures out how to make it work. Um, But as far as just recreation centers opening up, you know, there's, I think, I think, it's a it's a daunting task because there is uh, a lot of excitement for it, but there's also the perception that it's a facility that a lot of people go to, and equipment is very close to each other. And in fact, there's a lot of activities where you are, you know, physically right up against other people. You're potentially sharing the same equipment. There's a lot of just inherent qualities of recreation centers that um, are are sort of the opposite of what people will be looking for once things open up. And so um, the ability to be able to plan to just make people comfortable in the space uh, Mm -hmm. with some of the communication and messaging that they're doing uh, leading up to opening and then actually following through on that with with cleaning procedures and uh, limiting occupancy or changing uh, times of different activities Uh, and then some of the spatial changes like plexiglass barriers at the welcome desks and um, limiting equipment, uh, all of these things I think are are hitting at some of the fears in one of the the hardest facilities to to adapt to uh, and so hopefully by figuring those out and by showing that we can do this in a safe manner, it does help everybody else uh, open up uh, potentially even quicker. Sure
1: so as an architect, you know are there things that you're paying attention to? Um, in terms of future facilities, and, I, and as you watch places like rec centers, sports venues reopen, are there things that, you know, you see initial designs having to, to account for?
2: A- absolutely. Uh, and, and this is something that I think has, has started even before COVID-19, uh, just in, in overall ease of uh of interacting with the facility, uh, the whole the whole idea of zero touch design is something that I think will really amp up uh, after uh, we, we get past COVID nineteen and, and look forward into the future. Uh, RFID technology for uh, the check in process, you know, is something that's used heavily throughout rec centers right now, uh, and some rec centers use it for uh, other things like uh, lockers or other um, you know checkout. Of of, uh, fitness equipment or even purchasing food items or other things to limit touching I think that's going to be really ramped up once we uh, once we move forward uh, and then just uh, the elimination of unnecessary doors uh, in facilities uh, or if they are necessary look at opportunities to make them more automatic automatic so you don't have to touch it uh, it's something that we'll see um which I think is, is pretty exciting too because uh, it's essentially the facility that starts to react a little bit more towards the users now. Uh, mm-hmm. Eliminates barriers that, that we thought maybe were necessary at one point, but I think now we're going to rethink that a little bit. Uh, and uh, just bringing in more technology not only will help those users you know, interact less with the building, but I think it's also going to open up possibilities for more data and uh, other uh, opportunities for the uh the administration of the building and the directors of the building to be able to see what people are doing and and hopefully help them adapt and and be a little bit more flexible in the long term uh, by having that data
1: sure uh so we you know over the last month or so we've heard from a lot of rec centers stadiums and arenas um being used for things like hospital overflows testing sites temporary housing for homeless Um, Is that something that's been figured into the design of a facility from the beginning? Or do you think that's, I mean, is that something that maybe we'll see more of in terms of design going forward in the future?
2: As of right now, I would say it, it probably isn't something that's thought of too often in the uh, initial planning for facilities, um, but, I mean, where you see that happening right now are facilities that have large, unobstructed spaces uh, with, you know, large span structure, no columns in the middle. It gives you full flexibility to do whatever you want to do within that footprint. As I said in the very beginning, um, you know, with opportunities for universities to use rec centers for other purposes, it's, it is a good uh, example of a a building typology that would work well for something like that, where you wouldn't necessarily have to jeopardize the Design of the the space for the intended activity. A uh, four court gymnasium space would work perfectly for that, as long as you have all of the other amenities that that come with it. So, um, and again, you know, locker rooms uh, with with toilet rooms and shower facilities uh, may be important for something like that for sterilization purposes. Uh, you know, circulation to be able to handle larger groups of people coming and going, or at a minimum, separate people as they're passing each other. Um, the circulation that you need to get to larger gymnasium spaces that potentially can handle large groups of people is inherently there so i think i think that's one of the benefits just right out of the box of recreation centers and uh, as we move forward uh you know as designers we're always thinking about how buildings can transform and adapt in the future and we know that the intended purpose um you know, hopefully will last for a very long time, but there's always a potential it could be transformed into something else. And I think we're always thinking about that flexibility. So even when you're looking at, at structural systems and where columns are located, um, you know, we always look at opportunities to be able to expand in the future, contract in the future, compartmentalize or open up, um, you know, those early on decisions with some of those uh, harder to move elements become really key for adaptability in the future. Uh, and it's the same thing when we're talking about potentially, uh, you know, a use for something during a pandemic that we didn't necessarily intend. for. sure, uh,
1: so in ter- we've seen also seen a lot of different technologies coming out in terms of thermal imaging, um, different ways to screen people. Do you do you foresee that type of mitigating technology being figured into a design, say, at entry points or that kind of thing? Um, seems like this might, and I. I I don't have any firm evidence of this, but for some reason, I feel like uh, maybe in Asia, they've been more aware of and have have dealt with these kinds of things more often. Or Mm -hmm. um, you you see, uh, you know, people in Asia wearing masks and they're more sort of aware of not spreading that contagion. So I'm wondering, you know, is this something that's sort of new to the U.S. that we're going to have to start thinking about in terms of entry points and, and mitigating contagion in our facilities?
2: I, I think I think moving forward, there's always going to be, um, you know, a reference back to COVID-19. You know, it, it has completely upended our entire lives and yeah. uh, um, we're always going to be thinking about it. And it always will bring some sort of change um, as we move forward, uh, you know. it's it's, unfortunately it's probably not if the next one happens it's when the next one happens and and we want to be prepared for when that does so I do think there definitely are going to be changes you know whether it's going to be scanning people at the entry on a you know everyday basis when there isn't necessarily an issue happening in the world uh, or maybe it's a temporary thing that can be brought in when there are times that we potentially need it I do think though no matter what uh, the world is, is and, and facilities like this are probably begging for, uh, you know, a less intensive solution uh, where if, in fact, a technology like this is used, it's done in a way that you barely notice it. Um, so yeah. it's, it's the yeah. same thing with some of these other technologies. Like, you know, one of the other things I think we'll see uh, in, in sort of long-term solutions for these things are are materials that we potentially can use that have inherent qualities to disinfect themselves. So so, you know, mm-hmm. copper and brass and other uh, bronze and other natural materials. There, there's artificial materials like nano coatings and other things out there, um, actual products that people are wrapping on door handles that clean themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll see that and, and hopefully they will become just part of our lives and we won't even notice them. Uh, yeah. We won't even know that they're there. And I think that, that, you know, not only is are there so many really great things that, that designers can do and architects can do, all of these product manufacturers are working so hard to come up with those materials that we can incorporate in buildings also. And uh, I think that's a really exciting thing as we move forward, that we can, we can do something, we can design a building that combats something like COVID-19, but does it in a way that doesn't affect our lives.
1: Sure. Um, so uh, just... I guess it might even be a little bit of a reiteration of, of a point we've already talked about, but do you, do you foresee um, this idea of social distancing being sort of worked into designs more? I don't know if that means more open spaces mm-hmm. or, you know, it just seems like right now it's all anybody can <laughs> talk about is social distancing, six point, right. you know, <laughs> separation. And like, I'm just wondering if that, that particular guidance might figure into future designs
2: uh i would say short term absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. long
2: long term uh really yet to be decided i think uh, a lot of a lot of what might happen in the long term is is uh you know looking at other elements like uh you know mechanical systems and how they can you know, really help the overall air environment uh, with air exchanges yeah. or 100% outdoor air usage. Increased humidity has shown to uh, decrease the survivability of the virus uh, in hospitals and other things. There's a lot, a lot we can learn from healthcare architecture. Uh, you know, these materials that we're talking about, uh, you know, hand-washing stations, and and then I do think overall design strategies uh, will come into to play with this, uh, you know, as we look at, you know, sort of Adapting things for the future. I mean, you, you hit it spot on. Just a more open space. Maybe there's more space in between equipment, or at least the possibility for more space in between equipment, uh, so that we can adapt and change when we need it to happen. I think you know one of the one of the toughest spaces right now in in all buildings to uh, to keep distance is uh, circulation or corridors, especially when you have one line of circulation and you have people walking in two separate directions. I mean, we we get that, you know, if you if you had to, you know, a lot of people are using the, the grocery delivery service, but if you do have to go to the grocery store right now, you have a very confined space, right? You wait for somebody to come out of the aisle before you go into the aisle. And, and uh, you know, if we had opportunities to not have to wait for people in, in corridors to pass through, I think that would be very valuable in the short term and, and in the long Term too, so I think we'll find a maybe a reorganization of building plans in general, so that we're limiting circulation, uh, that there's more open space that you're walking through in order to get to other spaces. Uh, or we even heard some facilities are actually utilizing a uh, sort of a, a single way circulation pattern right now, where they're fortunate enough to maybe have two separate corridors that link spaces together, and one way is for going one way, one way is for going the other way, and they sort of treat it like uh, you know a single lane road. So you're not getting yeah. people passing each other. Interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I, I love that strategy long term because it's sort of limiting some of the you know the great community building and the social aspects of recreation centers. But maybe there's an opportunity to design it in a way where you can still get those and keep people keep people safe if you need to uh, you know in the in the case of an event like we're having. Sure, sure. Um, thank you so much for for joining. Us. Appreciate the opportunity to share with you guys. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, one, one last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, for those listening that that have facilities that, uh, you know, are, are thinking about some of these changes, there are so many resources out there. Athletic business has been outstanding so far uh, with some of the, the podcasts and articles that you've put out. Um, we can really learn from everybody out there. There are parts of this world that are opening up already that we can learn from. Uh, if, if this pandemic has taught us anything it is truly you know, we've heard it so often we're all in this together don't be afraid to reach out to anyone whether it's design professionals and architects whether it's other campuses and universities um you know whether it's people at athletic business like yourself andy i mean we, we're all thinking about this and thinking of ways that we can make things better in the future and i'm excited that people are coming together to to work towards um you know a, a future where we don't have to worry about it anymore so um i'm excited to see where we go Absolutely.
1: All right. Um, that that does it. Thank you so much, and uh,
2: we'll hope to see you uh, this fall at the show. Absolutely. All Sounds right. good. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Good. Appreciate it. Thanks. Athletic Business Magazine is a trade publication that forty thousand athletics, fitness, and recreation professionals rely on to find the tips, trends, and products they need to be successful. Want to join? Head on over to athleticbusiness.com slash subscribe to get started or renew your free subscription.
1: All right. So welcome back. Um, Yeah, great conversation with Adam. Um, Really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us. Um, I wanted to mention that uh, there's a link in the show notes to a contributed piece that he did on this topic. Uh, And it includes um, input from... Three different University of Wisconsin campus directors uh, at Madison, Eau Claire, and Whitewater, just sort of on how the pandemic will impact their programs, and the uh, really really great piece there. So check that out online. Um, and yeah, we're happy to be back. Uh, Jason, you want to fill people in on what we've been up to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, we wanted to say thank you to all of the all of the listeners for remaining subscribed to the feed I know we've kind of been absent from your feed for a little while here, but um, you know we are we've spent the last several weeks assembling our architectural showcase issue, which is um, always a big lift under any circumstances but um, for our editorial staff and our production team but um, was a particular challenge this year when with everybody trying to coordinate and work remotely. Um, so we certainly appreciate you guys being patient with us that said you know we we are are still committed to the podcast this is something that we want to continue to to bring you guys and hopefully now that um we have uh sent the showcase issue to the printer uh and it should be arriving in mailboxes within just a couple of weeks hopefully that's something that we can uh uh do a little bit more regularly get you more of these uh podcast episodes so just wanted to take a note to say thank you for your patience
1: yeah absolutely and uh some great facilities in in that issue coming out uh, should hit mailboxes first week of june so be sure to check that out
0: yeah and uh, and with that said uh, i think that's going to do it for this episode of the athletic business podcast and uh, until next time take it easy